Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. Put those earbuds in, turn up the volume, because it's the time for another edition of Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, double take what's going on. Daryl, I feel it. Not too bad. Not too bad. How about yourself? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into this. You're expecting me to say something. I ain't saying a word. Uh, well, I'm not going to get into it. I just struggle. Today was a struggle. That's all. It's just today was a struggle. But, you know, you keep living. But, uh, Mainly, I wanted to just give an update for uh, Madden and my career and what's going on so far on the franchise mode. Uh, I did not jot any stats down. Uh, so let's just say that uh, my five-game winning streak was snatched by the Kansas City Chiefs. That was the uh, Super Bowl rematch because uh, I played them in the Super Bowl that last season. This is my second season? Yeah, my no, yeah, my second season, I played Kansas City in the Super Bowl and won barely. But then pretty much the same scenario from the Super Bowl happened uh, in week six. Uh, pretty much kicked the field goal and they marched down and, and, and kicked the game with the field goal and that was it. Super Bowl, they did not make it. So I almost lost the Super Bowl. But, uh, but other than that, uh, I am, uh, I believe I am seven and two. I think I'm seven and two on the year. Just beat Carolina, was down 24 nothing going into, uh, going into the midway of the second quarter. Came back and completed the comeback in the fourth quarter and won the game. So. Hmm. That's why I'm mad with Madden. I believe I'm seven and two. So this is my third year. Known as always uh, uh, Captain Comeback, especially with the uh, ESPN 2K5. Oh, God. Yeah, man. It, yeah. It was just, I remember we uh, we actually played together yep. on the seasons and we was actually down what? There was one game we was actually down to the Tennessee Titans. Was 27. Coats. 27. We was down 27. Going into the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. We didn't do nothing all game long. I was injured um, out with a torn ACL, and I think you was the only uh, – you was playing, but you yeah, just I had fatigue issues. Home. Yeah, I had fatigue issues. I was carrying a bigger load. Chris Redman wasn't doing nothing, barely. And, yep. yeah, we were down 27. Woo. Mm. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. I mean, we came back. I thought we was down more than that. 
I think it could have been 29, but I know we went no, down. I, we, we went down. down that much. No, we were. I don't remember being down no more than 29 points. I remember being down 59. We didn't come 59. back in that game. Yeah, we did. We did. Oh. We came back in one. That's the one I remember. I just because remember. we had scored on every possession halfway through the third quarter going into the fourth. And we scored on all of our possessions going into the fourth quarter. Wow. Every possession. I don't remember that. I just oh, yeah. remember. I just remember when we played Tennessee, we was down 20. It was actually 29 and not 27. We came back in the fourth quarter under Chris Redman, you as the running back, and I remember um, coming back in that game and had a chance to do a two-point conversion and failed to tie the game. I do remember that. Actually, no, that was when I was actually healthy. That was me when I was healthy because I tried to scrabble out of the out of the pocket to get a better look at somebody to be able to throw it to, and I got sacked before I got a chance to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> then were the days. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Then were the days. On the Xbox. On the Xbox. Yes, sir. Yeah. On the Xbox. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that may be old-fashioned. That may be... Uh, let me see. Out of date. But it was something that caught my attention. I was just reading some articles. And I just happened to come across one with Will Smith where he was talking about the downfall of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it happened to be year five, episode 15, Bullets Over uh, Bel-Air. Bullets Over Bel-Air. And that was that episode when uh, Will got shot Mm-hmm. And Carlton went to buy the gun for protection ever since Will got shot. He had went and bought a gun. And Will Smith happened to bring up at that time, well, not at that time, but uh, well, at that time, that's when everything went on a downfall for uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And so that's why he decided to end it on the advice of another actor that you should go ahead and call it quits while everybody still have their dignity and everybody still loves to show and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of caught my attention that that what was believed to be the downfall of Fresh Prince. And John Amos was the one that actually gave him that advice. That's interesting. Yeah, he gave him that advice to actually, you know, call it quits while it's still fresh, while everybody is still, you know, has their dignity and stuff like that. Hmm. Now, this was based on Will Smith's, Will Smith's opinion. Everybody else, you can't even really get a opinion from or anybody that's felt differently about it if yep. that was actually the downfall. And I just found that interesting. I'm like, damn. You really sure it was season five, episode 15, Bullets Over Bel Air? Yeah. You know, sometimes you just, some, now you sometimes you have to sit down and you think about, you know, what actually could have, in most, you know, audiences' opinion, if that actually was the downfall. Right. There's a lot of things you just have to think about. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got to sit there reading that. I was like, huh. Interesting. I wonder. Yeah, it's pretty much a debate, so you can't really just base it off of a professional opinion or right. anybody else's opinion. It's just an right. opinion. So yeah. This is a debate. All right, so uh, we'll be uh, right back with the uh, uh, platform talk. We'll be right back. The one thing that you have to have when talking about tough things, tough conversations, tough topics is tough skin. I'm at a point in my life now where I can actually be open uh, to talk about bigotry when I refuse to believe it or talk about it once upon a time in my lifetime. One of those retaliations that I was just talking about uh, is black accountability. So I had to think about it. What exactly is black accountability? So here are what my open-minded thoughts tells me. He should not have had a weapon. He should have complied with the police. The gentleman shouldn't have ran. He doesn't belong in the neighborhood. He doesn't belong here. 911, where is your emergency? Uh, hi, I would like to report something suspicious. Uh, there's a gentleman that's knocking on doors, uh, looking kind of like out of place. Uh, note, uh, can you say the... the the description of the man, he's a black man. Okay. Another example. A gentleman and his family barbecuing. It's illegal to do at the park. Okay. Well, here's another example. What's your emergency? A young lady selling water in front of her house and does not have a permit to sell. But this same person went and hid behind uh, a column to not be identified. Another example. A young lady is sleeping in the public area. She shouldn't be here. This is the same uh, lady that I'm talking about at <clears throat> uh, Yale University uh, that was sleeping in common areas and somebody reported her. And she goes to college there. Another example. A young man is gardening. I don't know who sent him here to do gardening. He doesn't belong. Okay. 911, what's your emergency? Uh, hi, I'm uh, in my car right now, and there's a black man with uh, an older white lady. I think he might be committing a crime. Uh, this refers to anonymous callers um, looking at uh, black people with white people, and they just seem not to like it. Uh, this is a gentleman that ran his own daycare in watched after all ki all kinds of <clears throat> excuse me nationalities so that's what he did for a living and people are reporting that as a crime so this is this is part of example of a black uh, accountability all the way around <clears throat> in, in my thought process another example uh, I'm at the local store there are two white children uh, with an older black man um, he may be committing a crime. Uh, he's also black. Um, 
I had to use this kind of out of context because this wasn't even actually at a local store. This was actually in a car um, on their way home from church and black man almost got killed all because he was in there with his uh, grandmother, which so happens to uh, be white. Now, I don't know if he was adopted or not, but that's just the whole mere point. It's, this is an example of black accountability that I'm thinking about and what most people say that black accountability should happen with. He shouldn't have been stealing and he should not have had drugs. And I can think of numerous of uh, other examples uh, like uh, uh, walking down the street, going into an expensive store. Um, there are so many examples that I could think of, 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 of black accountability that I'm thinking about. And there's a lot of ways to interpret black accountability. The people that don't see racism, bigotry, uh, discrimination, things like that, are probably one of these people in the statements that I mentioned. And they also might say something like black success, that uh, racism has nothing to do with black success and that your success is not hindered uh, by racism. That's for another podcast and for another time, and I'm going to uh, make a case about that. Now, all I'm going to say about that is most of these people are right. It has nothing to do with success, but it can hinder uh, certain black people's success far more than a white person. That is something that has to be explained more thoroughly. But these are just basic examples of black accountability that I can think of off the top of my head. So I have questions about these. Why can't he have a weapon? If his rights were violated by law, why does he have to comply? Why can't he stand up for himself and let the cops know that uh, you're breaking my rights? You know, police accountability. Uh, reaction to the moment of blacks already being killed at a high rate. Why can't he be afraid when a white man runs from police? Because black people run from police just like how white men. So why can't he be afraid like when a white man runs from a police officer? White people don't have to stand still. They can run. We had to stand still or we're dead. You don't believe me. Look at the YouTube videos. I'll tell you a lot. Why doesn't he belong in the neighborhood if he works a good job or if he is an entrepreneur that can afford to live in that community? Why doesn't he belong in the first place? I'll give you a hint. Color. Why call the police anonymously if you believe he is doing something wrong? Why do that? Don't that usually say that the person that's doing it anonymously is anonymously is, is doing something wrong or they are afraid of something? They don't want to be identified for some odd reason, but it's just my thoughts of questions. The last one I thought about, why are blacks being held on accountability, uh, higher accountability for drugs and stealing when it's the same for when it's the same crime for blacks and whites? This is a question I'm actually going to answer in the near future podcast that I have to talk about as well. Uh, I will talk about that. Let me just send out some advice for people that choose to decide to come into leadership. Now, I don't normally just throw on this podcast, you know, uh, different things about leadership. But in this in particular one, I have to do this. 
if anybody decides that they want to put themselves in leadership, I'm going to say this very clearly. Show some patience and quit being disrespectful. I say that because if you're in the over 60 category trying to be a leader but you cannot control your emotions nor can you not control the way that you can behave yourself you do not belong in leadership point blank period now there are some people that can do that that's over 60 they could do that but I'm speaking from anybody that don't have those type of patients I'm speaking to the ones that feels like that they could just take their attitudes and just throw it everywhere I get it. You're frustrated. I get it. People don't want to show up. I get it. But let me remind you of something. I've been there. I've been there. I've been a manager. I've been a supervisor. I've even been put in a management position to where I have worked by myself. I've done it. It didn't give me the free will right to go and act the butt fool. A lot of things that I had to learn in leadership, I didn't learn just for fun. I learned it because it is important to show how you are in management. It really shows your bad side, but it can also show your good side. But that's why I say you need patience and you've got to stop being disrespectful. It just has to stop. And that frustrates me. It really puts me in a bad mood when people think they they can actually put themselves in that position to show anger, disrespect, evilness, all of the above. Because if there's one thing that I do not like is those type of people that shows their temper tantrums. If you want to brag or if you want to say that, you know, that you've retired before, then damn it, you need to stay retired. Period. I'm not focusing this on just anybody. Trust me, I'm not. Because if you really think that you're needed, you're not. They will replace you 
in the blink of an eye, and they would not blink an eye. You hear me? They would not blink an eye. There's too much going on with me to be sitting up here and listening to your hot garbage. My anxieties are too bad. They're way too bad. We all know that we have those crappy managers, supervisors, whoever they are. You have them. Because either their life is not going good or they have to do something in order to keep a job or whatever. And they decide that they want to take all their crap out on you. Or they want to take their, their, their frustrations out on whoever. All right, welcome back. I'm Darren. Daryl's on the other side. Yep. All right, again, thank you for listening. You could be anywhere in the world, but you are right here listening to us. So thank you. There are so many different sports podcasts you could be listening to, but choosing us. So I, we both greatly appreciate your time and being able to uh, take a few minutes and listen to our podcast and us rant about different um particular NFL and NBA topics, which speaks, let's, um, let's start with that, um, these scores from uh, week 10. Problem is, is that I don't have it because my phone is out of my reach. I'm just saying your phone's sitting with you. Where'd it go? I'll put it on the table next to me and I forgot to grab it and it's way out of my reach. All right. Here we go. Week 10 scores real quick. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens and Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins won 22 to 10. Uh, I was not happy with that game. But... Not one either. The Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets, the AFC East. The Bills won 45-17 with Mike White throwing four picks. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the Washington football team. The football team won 29-19. I'm kind of shocked about that, but sure. Yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, that was their first win at home versus Tampa Bay since week seven of 2015. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons and the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys won 43-3. This is Dallas' more, largest margin of victory since week 8 of 2000. Uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Tennessee Titans. The Titans won 23-21, and Tennessee won six straight games. That is the longest active streak, streak in the NFL. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. Colts won 23-17. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has one plus rush, uh, rushing touchdown in seven straight games. That is the longest Indiana or Indianapolis streak since 1980. Detroit hey, Lions. Dickerson didn't even do no stuff like that. I'm he sorry. sure didn't. He didn't. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the Detroit Lions and the Pittsburgh Steelers, that game came up in a tie, 16-16. Detroit is still winless still, but did not lose either. Uh, Detroit also had fewer than 20 points in eight straight games. That is the longest streak since, let's just say, 30, 33 years ago. Uh, the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots. The Patriots won 45-7. I'm um, shitty about this guy. That pissed me off. <laughs> Mac Jones is the first rookie with three-plus uh, passing touchdowns and no interceptions in the game in uh, New England history. Uh, they cheated. I don't give a damn what anybody say. <laughs> you know how I feel. 45 to fucking seven. Are you for real? You know how I feel. You know how I feel. Billing cheap, back in his pocket. Yep, back pocket. Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles Chargers. The Vikings won 27-20. to 20. Uh, Kirk Cousins had 12 passing touchdowns and no interceptions in five road games this season. Carolina Panthers and the Arizona Cardinals. The Panthers won 34-10. Uh, Carolina won each of the last six games uh, versus Arizona by 10-plus points, and that includes playoffs. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the different Broncos. The uh, Eagles won 30-13. I'm upset with this game, too. Yeah, me too. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers is another game I'm kind of upset with, too. Uh, the Green Bay Packers won 17 to zip. Uh, Green Bay won 10 straight home games for Seattle. That includes the playoffs. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Oakland, Oakland. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, the uh, Chiefs won 41-14. Patrick Mahomes had 406 passing yards, five touchdowns, no picks with a 127.6 passer rating. You will hear that stat again. Hint, hint. The Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers won 31-10. Jimmy Garoppolo is 5-0 all-time versus the Los Angeles Rams. That's a bad dude right now. That is playoff. That's a playoff team we're talking about here. But Jimmy Garoppolo is five and zero. He five and zero, but they four and five on the season. Mm, 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 mm. That is the scores for week 10 in the NFL. Let's talk a little bit about the latest news. I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. Uh, John Gruden, uh, we already know about him. He is uh, suing the NFL. I just want to read something real quick in a lawsuit that he put in that uh, the uh, the general allegations common to all claims for the National Football League and the commissioner, Roger Goodell, that they put as part of their uh, a lawsuit. Pursuant to the NFL Constitution and bylaw, the league shall select and employ a person of unquestioned integrity to serve as commissioner of the league and shall determine the period uh, it fixed the compensation of his employee employment. Uh, commissioner Goodell is beholden to the owners of the NFL and has frequently, frequently has been criticized for putting interest of team owners above the interest of players or fans. The Washington Post described Commissioner Goodell as acting like a dictator and securing his own hold on power. Uh, Commissioner Goodell did not have the authority to decide which coach a team must hire or to unilaterally dictate the terms of employment for a coach of a team. It is uh, certain 
certainly certainly not within Commissioner Goodell's authority to disclose confidential information to the media or to pressure a team to fire one of its employees because the employees assaulted Commissioner Goodell. Commissioner Goodell is often often described as uh, serving as a judge, jury, and ex- executioner due to his attempt exercise of federal authority over uh, internal NFL dis- uh, disputes. Being hint, one example, in the 2020-2021 season, the Raiders were fined $800,000 by the NFL for alleged violations of COVID-19 protocols, and the NFL sought to strip the team of a draft pick. In the 2020-21 NFL season, the NFL fined Gruden $250,000 for violation of COVID-19 protocols, such as failure to properly wear a mask. This is not uh, an eternal dispute, though, as clearly shown by the defendant's action in leaking documents to the national media, and the courts can and should hold defendants accountable in the harm caused to John Gruden. I have uh, one problem with this ordeal. Actually, I got two. I don't know what the rules stand for. Um, I know that Roger Goodell is not able to, uh, he all had the authority to actually, you know, tell an owner what to do with his team. Mm -hmm. But my problem is, my second problem leads to this. If you, as an owner, is having communication with an ESPN analyst, and you know, and you all are partners with the NFL, don't they follow the NFL guidelines and rules of, you know, practicing uh, safe work habits such as uh, no discrimin no no discrimination and uh, 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 harassment and mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff? It, 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 do that. To- Okay, so I guess my my issue is is that they they wish to try to make Goodell like a, he is really is, you know, a, a bad person. I can't say you know rather Goodell is a a good or a bad person, but I will say this: when you break rules, you must be held accountable. You got fined for not wearing a mask. Your team got fined for not following protocols. Okay, so let's think about the history here of what y'all doing. Y'all not following rules. So if y'all not following rules, did y'all not think y'all was going to eventually get caught at some point? Did y'all really think that y'all just y'all were just going to just get rolled over and just like, oh, don't do it again? You know, some teams get that. Hence, New England. But that's another argument. That's another issue. But I, at this point, feel like there is absolutely no reason that uh, he should have filed this lawsuit. None. No, I agree. Because you I already agree. have an issue with following protocol, just as y'all uh, pointed out to us. Thank you very much. Y'all have mm-hmm. issues doing that. Y'all already have issues doing that. So I, I don't get why you just go and, and do this. It just don't make sense. Uh, well, let me add to that real quick. You said uh, I just want everybody to think about this. When when you mentioned John Gruden and how he's filing these lawsuits when they have people uh, Goodell like um, actually putting uh, the squeeze, the pressure yeah. on team owners and stuff like that, yeah. uh, involving uh, safety and following COVID-19 rules and stuff like that. 
Yeah. The one thing that ticks me off about this whole ordeal that people don't pay attention to is that they say that the NBA is more lenient. I say, well, you know what? Here's the problem with that. The NBA is not as lenient. They're just as strict. But guess what? How much percentage of the NBA players got vaccinated? Over 95%. Mm-hmm. So there's your problem right there. If they're willing to go out here and get vaccinated, and especially the ones that didn't believe in the vaccination, but they know they do what they got to do to, in order to keep working, to keep earning money, is to get that vaccination shot. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you got one you got one person that we know of that that chooses not to follow the, the COVID rule, which is Kyrie Irving. So, you know, it's it's more of people actually doing what they got to do to follow protocol. Y'all just being ignorant. That's just how I see it. Real quick. Gruden being another. Real quick. It had absolutely nothing. You brung up Kyrie Irving. I got to ask this. And mm-hmm. just, just real quick. Stephen A. Smith said that uh, Kyrie Irving Irving betrayed Kevin Durant. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I watched that video. And at that point, the way I see it, yes, he did. Now, Kyrie Irving do have a right not to be vaccinated, just like everybody else in this world. But the thing is, is that if you're going to if you're going, if the things come up, things are going to come up. But sometimes you have to do what you have to do in order to, you know, make things right. But Kyrie chooses not to. Kyrie chooses not to do that. Now, do I always agree with Stephen A. Smith on a lot of things? No, I do not. I don't at all. But it's logical. I'm going to break this down. Stephen A., what he said, doesn't practically go 100% to Kyrie Irving. I will discuss that when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets because I will mention them that they're struggling at this point. So I'll break that down, but it's all not Kyrie's fault. I'm so saying that. OBJ, two receptions, 18 yards, no touchdowns. It was targeted three times in week 10. What's going on with OBJ? Um. What's in my personal opinion, for what I've heard, I could be wrong, is that he's freeloading. He's freelancing. He's doing whatever he wants. He runs all the routes he wants to run, which is why he gets one catch, six yards, which is why he gets two catches, 18 yards, targeted three times. You know, I could be wrong, but... If you go in and you actually do what you want instead of being a team, this is why you're going to have two catches for 18 yards, three targets, one catch, six yards. I'm just concerned about OBJ, and I hope that he can, you know, get it together and, you know, actually start. Me too. If it is the case that he is not running his routes efficiently or, you know, doing what he wants. I'm hoping that he will, you know, get a little bit more serious about, you know, the game. Because we all know how serious he is when it comes down to the game. And I'm an OBJ oh, fan. Believe that. I love OBJ. And, I love OBJ. And I, and I hope that he can get it together. That's all I hope for at this point. Cam Newton, 
Uh, he is also being close to being a starter versus Washington. They will make that announcement later on this week. Would that be a good move or a bad move at this point? Real quick. They need him. Point uh, period. Oh, you said they, they need, need him. Yeah, yeah, they need him. No doubt. Uh, that I agree. Point blank period. They need him. Kyler Murray is also close to ready for Sunday. Don't know if he's going to actually play or not. We'll bear that in mind as we go along the way. And the last thing I need to bring up really, really quick, and I'm going to be real quick about this. Uh, Baker Mayfield uh, said in an article that he has been beaten up, but nobody gives a damn. And I'm absolutely agreeing with Baker Mayfield because of the Indianapolis Coast era from 2012 to 2019. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck fans and people, coats and all of them were being so selfish. Yeah. About Andrew Luck, him being beat up. It's like, no, get back out there and play. Why did you retire? You didn't have to retire. You stupid for retiring. Oh, forget his body. Forget how he feels. Forget the fact that his body talked to him and said, it's just time to hang it up. His offensive line ain't doing him no good. I'm with Baker Mayfield on this, plain and simple. Me too. Me too. No doubt about it. You can't sit there and expect that that this man has lingering problems. The offensive line can't protect him. Hey, guys, right. Y'all can't see that? Right. Y'all can't see that? Mm-hmm. Like, are you for real? Of course, they see it. They just don't give a damn because they're selfish. They just care about themselves. They just care about the things that they care for. And that's part of the problem that uh, uh, people have to, you know, recognize and understand. And that's why franchises like the Cleveland Browns don't win championships. You have to go back to 1968 if you, if you want to relive that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Final part. Uh, the analytics QB performance for me, my top five. Number five being Mr. Kirk Cousins with 109.5 passing rating, 67% of his passes completed, 294 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, number four, Dakota Prescott, 127.9 passing rating, 70% of his passes completed, 296 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, number three, Jimmy Garoppolo, 141.7 passing rating, 78.9%. Of his passes completed, 182 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Number two, Mac Jones, 142.1 passer rating, 82.6% of his passes completed, 198 yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. And number one, my man that should have always been on here Welcome every back. single week, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, 127.6 passer rating, 70% of his passes completed, 406 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Them are my QB performance and analytics uh, in week 10 in the NFL. That is all I have. Darling, you think it's one at? Welcome back, Patrick Mahomes. That's all yeah, I say. Absolutely. Damn, it took long enough. Five touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. That is the Patrick Mahomes that we need to see. I agree. All right, so we'll be right back. We're going to take a minute to prepare for our next uh, segment, which is the NBA, and that's going to be uh, with Daryl. So we'll be right back. All right, we're back again. Now it's time for our NBA part of this podcast. The first thing I'm going to do, of course, is uh, break down pace of game. It's going to be, uh, what's today's date, 17? It better be. Okay. I am going to break down Monday night's game against the New York Knicks, in which they lost. And after that, I'm going to discuss the Brooklyn Nets. And then point guard position is going to be 
Lamar, uh, Lamelo Ball. Why is it Lamar? Lamelo Ball. So, Pacers Knicks on Sunday night. Of course, uh, the Pacers lost this one. I believe it was ninety-two to the ninety-six. I think it was eighty-two to ninety-six. I just had to score too. Eighty-four to ninety-two. They lost by eight. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, eight. They lost by eight. 84-92. Now, I could end this pace of breakdown right then and there with just these simple words and call it a day just by this. The Knicks won the fourth quarter with only two field goals scored by the Pacers. That's it. That's how the Knicks won this damn game. Period. That broke down. Two field goals. Pacers only had two field goals in the fourth quarter. They broke down. They broke down. Period. That's the fourth quarter. I've always mentioned they have got to hold on to these leads in the fourth quarter. Well, they wasn't leading, but the fact is, is that when it comes down to the fourth quarter, this is lockdown time. Somebody has got to step up. Fourth quarter is when it happens the most. It wasn't, it wasn't Miller time just because it was Miller time. It was Miller time because it was the fourth quarter. It's exactly. Miller time. It's Miller time. You know what I'm saying? That's where Reggie turns on the juice, even though he still struggles in the fourth quarter. But the only time he does it is when it comes down to crunch time. When it comes down to less than a minute of the game, he goes, he takes his shots. But he knows he needs to take those shots. You shoot your shot. You, you shoot your shots. Or you don't. Exactly. Exactly. The other thing that I preach about is consistent scoring. None of that here. It was all over the place. You only had two pace of players that had double-figure score. That was the minus a bonus. He had 22. I'm sorry. It was three players. DeMondis Simonis had 22, Michael Brockton had 22, and Carrius LeVert had 17. But everybody else, single digits, inconsistent scoring. That, it, like I said, you see Miles Turner, he had a big game the other night before the Knicks. He had like, what, 30-some points? Bro, only finished with three. What the hell? <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. Justin Holiday had eight points. He had eight points. And TJ McConnell had a big game the other night, too. He only finished with two. Consistent scoring. We, we need more consistent scoring by the paces. We, we got we to balance this. I'm we have got to balance this. about that. And you know what? And, and, I'm, got, and I'm glad you brought that up. I don't necessarily blame Carlisle. I don't either. I don't blame Carlisle for this. I don't either. I believe at this point right now that Rick Carlisle has got this team set to where he needs it, but it's not being executed. Exactly. They're not executed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like one night they execute, the other night they don't. And then it's one night the defenses get together, they lock down, and that's it. And then the offense get it together, boom, they win the game. It's not an all-around effort. 
It's always been halfway, both sides. And it has to be all dominance. It's not 60 minutes. You only see that maybe three or four of their of their wins so far this season. And that's it. And the Pacers' biggest lead was 12. 12. And the Knicks was eight. And that's how many they won by. Uh-huh. Eight. And it was in the fourth quarter. I've said it. It just has to improve. I've ended it with that. There's nothing else more that really can be said about how the Pacers could play. Now, right now, as we speak, the Pacers are at halftime and they're losing 41 to 49 to the Pistons. You hear me? The Pistons. That's all I'm going to leave it as. All right. Brooklyn Nets. Even though they're 10 and 5 this year so far. They, they have the Lakers. Right, they are. But the way that their team is supposed to be playing, they're supposed to be playing at that caliber level. But of course, as we just talked about just a few minutes ago, the one piece that is missing from this ingredient is, of course, is Kyrie Irving. Now, with Kyrie Irving and the way that he's treating COVID is really hurting the team, and that's what Stephen A. Smith said. Hey, Kevin Durant made a poor decision of signing with the Nets. Mm-hmm. That I disagree with. I disagree with that. And the reason why I disagree with that is because everybody has a choice and a risk. COVID was already going on. It was already going on. But pretty much you could say technically everybody gets sensitive when it comes down to, you know, everybody revealing their COVID status, if everybody's getting vaccinated and stuff like that. They're not going to talk about it. So you choose and you take the risk of what's happening. And Kevin Durant, despite of all of this, is still, evidently to me, doing all he can with the Nets. The other problem that we're looking at right now is James Harden. He can't flop like how he used to. And he's not scoring. Mm-hmm. So you can't really put all 100% playing on the fan base, the Barkley Center, or Kyrie Irving. Or the New York City period. Or the New York City period. You just can't do that. You have to look at the in-floor performances. It has nothing to do with the fans. It has absolutely nothing to do with the Barkley Center. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the city of New York. Now, you can look at the Knicks right now. They could be probably the most trashiest fan base Maybe, but not saying it's true in the NBA. But they're still putting some wins together, and they're over 500. Not the Knicks, the, the, the Nets. They're over 500. Now, I get it that you get blown out by the Charlotte uh, Charlotte Wizards, the Charlotte uh, Hornets, the uh, Golden State Warriors, the Chicago Bulls. I get all that. 
But guess what? This is a whole brand new season. We're talking about talent here that has actually has risen. It's risen. These teams are coming to play. That's what they're doing. So you can't blame all that on Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. What's your thoughts on that? No, I'm uh, I'm I'm in agreement with you for the most part. Uh, I can't say that uh, Kevin Durant made a a good or a bad decision on the behalf of him joining the Brooklyn Nets. I think he could have did better, but you know his decision is his decision for the most part. But mm-hmm. I just I'm just at a point where uh, Kyrie, I believe, did you know uh, betray Kevin Durant oh, because not a shot of a doubt, yes, because he wanted to play together and mm-hmm. you know because he's trying to be you know this anti-vax but then at the same time um wanting to win another championship you can't do that if you're gonna you know continue to be anti-vax because it's just not how it rolls at this point and that's just how i feel can you even say that Kyrie irving even feels good about himself at this point right now because he's anti-vaxxing and he's speaking against it, but he's not there for his team. Wouldn't you think that every athlete would want to be there despite how they feel about the vax and they still overlook that problem? Yeah. Yeah. I would think so, too. I would think so, too. You know, like I said, everybody has a choice, everybody has a decision, everybody has their right to something, especially when it comes down to the vaccine. But like I said, and I mentioned it last week, Andrew Wiggins. Brett was all up against this. He didn't want no part of it. But when he realized that he could be missing games because of, you know, COVID and how the uh, rules are applying, what did he do? He did what he had to do. He wanted to help his team. He wanted to be with his team. So he got the uh, vaccine. He got the vaccine. I mean... I would think that would be more logical reason. That's just part of the struggles. And James Harden, he's not performing. Kevin Durant is doing pretty good, but, you know, he still needs more help. But you have to do this without Kyrie Irving. And Steve Nash said they do have work to do. They still got work to do. So, generally speaking, if I were the Brooklyn Nets, I would reset. I would just reset mm-hmm. right now at this point and just go ahead, start it over, and see what you can do without Kyrie because Kyrie may not even come back at all this season. Right. If um, if they actually decide to change it, it may be January. But there's nothing more you can really do, so you have to adjust. They're, they're doing it, but there's more efficiency, in my personal opinion to where I would still take this 10 and five and just make it very, very happy. I would be very well with what they're doing, 10 and five. I love it. So why not? Point guard position, my mellow ball. Now, I'm just gonna say this for everybody out there that is younger than, oh, the year of 98, 1998. 
if y'all want to see a version of Magic Johnson, watch LaMelo Ball. Because in my personal opinion, from what I have seen, he's doing his homework on Magic Johnson. There's nothing. Brad's hoping. He's hoping. He is out here doing exactly what Magic Johnson is doing, and that's winning games. He's balling. Okay, let's let's look at this. He is averaging 19 points a game, seven rebounds a game, and seven assists a game. Now, Lamella Ball so far, I think, has two or three career triple doubles. And I think one of them was against the Lakers. Nope, I'm wrong. No, I'm right. 25 points, 16 boards, 11 assists. Against a Laker team that has all the veterans. Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard. And you're getting the triple-double? That's how you know the man is hooping. The man is hooping. The Knicks, 37 points. 17 boards and nine assists. He actually was one assist side of having a triple double. But the bigger piece to LaMilla Ball and to how he is hooping this year, is it Michael Jordan? No. It's not Michael Jordan. Now, is Michael Jordan in an aspect of the mentality game? It's, it's just the Michael Jordan in that. But when we watch Michael Jordan in the 80s and the 90s, there was two versions of Michael Jordan that we saw on the court versus LaMelo Ball. The Michael Jordans that we saw in the 80s and the 90s, the 80s we saw that Michael Jordan that were the shooter. He wasn't the distributor. He wasn't the defensive guy. He was the shooter. This was back in the 80s. In the 90s, they had to kind of switch it up because you had Phil Jackson, the guy that relied on the triangle option, the uh, triangle offense, which is give players the options. He wanted to be the shooter, but he couldn't because he had to distribute the ball and he had to play some defense. We're looking at Namelo today. We're seeing the same guy that played just like Magic Johnson. He knows his spots. He knows where to distribute the ball. Even if he don't have to, he knows when. And that's what I've seen all over LaMelo Ball. He is playing out his mind. He's playing out his mind. Now, can Charlotte actually go to the playoffs with his mentality? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And if you want my bold prediction on it, second round. The second round. That is how I see LaMelo Ball being that player. He is that player. You have any thoughts on that? 
Uh, just the fact that I believe that the mentality came from Michael Jordan, for sure. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind on that because Michael Jordan is not just going to just, you know, just sit there and let him have his own mentality. Yeah, he learned. He, Michael Jordan had to learn a lot of things. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different generation. It's a different breed of basketball players that wasn't the same as his, you know, upbringing in his generation at that time. But I believe that he still played a, a tremendous amount of role in, in the level ball, you know, trying to get, you know, that, you know, mentality going and, you know, the basic fundamentals of the game. Uh, and that's what I believe. And I also believe that you are right. He is just, you know, picking the spots like Magic Johnson would do and just going out there just winning games against those teams that you wouldn't suspect him to win against. He's he's doing phenomenal. Yeah, that's the, the one that really impressed me was the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. the Warriors. It's not their six six game winning streak, I believe. Yeah, they just, they the streak snappers. They like to snap people's winning streaks. So they they doing good. They're doing good. Yeah, and despite even though that Charlotte did win to Golden State, he had twenty one points. Seven boards and five assists, but he mm-hmm. also had three steals. Mm-hmm. So he could be that guy in the future if he keeps playing the way he's playing. He had some injuries with the wrist and he hasn't been out several games or maybe several weeks at that. And he's coming out better than ever. So if he kept up that mentality, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Charlotte could be the team to beat. That's all I have. All right, we'll be right back. All right, so what's next? Uh, scores from week 11 in the NFL, and then we're going to have my uh, analytics QB performance. And then we'll also uh, have on Daryl's side the best performing PGs thus far this season, I believe. And then the uh, point guard precision and Trey Young. That's next week. All right, so there you have it. That's for next week. Of course, you can follow, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Of course, you can search it in the box. Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers. Uh, we're on social media, um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, at the Watch Brothers and DTST, at DTST 2414, respectively. And I believe that's all we have on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube and all that. But other than that, that's all we have for uh, Double Take Sports Talk tonight. Uh, thank you for downloading to the listening. I'm Daryl. Daryl's right across from me. Yep. All right. Catch up with another episode of Double Take Sports Talk. Until then. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs>